This is Iron Mike Stedman, and I want to thank you for listening to my show, Dog Whistle Branding. Today on the show, I'm joined by my brother from another mother, Anton Aku, founder of Voyager Cold Brew, a cold brew coffee company that sells 100% Hawaiian single-origin cold brew. Anton is a former Navy SEAL who recently transitioned off of active duty, and three years ago, he contacted me to pick my brain about how to best launch his venture and differentiate himself from other brands in the marketplace. I told him from the very beginning, branded around Hawaiian culture. Fast forward to today, Voyager is kicking ass and taking names. Thanks to Antone's leadership and their new brick and mortar location in Virginia Beach. On the show, Antone and I discuss Voyager's success and recent growth, as well as their rebrand, thanks to Drew O'Brien from The Design Company, who I featured on episode 14, how to create a visual brand identity that drives revenue. This episode is jam-packed with knowledge and lessons learned from a bootstrap veteran entrepreneur in the trenches. So you better listen up and pay attention. All right, Gunny, you know what to do. Yo, saddle up, lock and load. Welcome to Dog Whistle Branding, brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride, where we provide weekly tech planning on marketing, brand strategy, and category design for early and growth stage veteran-owned small businesses to keep you in the fight and not face down in a rice paddy. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, a Marine Corps veteran, godfather of Dog Whistle Branding, and CEO of Ironbound Media, a podcast production agency that helps veteran-owned businesses create, distribute, and grow branded podcasts in order to engage with your ideal audience. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes or visit our website, dogwhistlebranding.com to stay up to date on all things DWB and our work at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride. All right, get out your pen and paper and get ready to build a dog whistle brand. Saddle up, lock and load. Welcome to Dog Whistle Brandon, my brother from another mother, Mr. Anton Aku. This ain't his first time on one of my podcasts, y'all. He was on uh, Confessions of a Native Son, but Anton is my boy. We go back to the Naval Academy. I still call him my team captain. Uh, he was the guy I looked up to when I first walked into a gym. They're like, yo, man, you know Aku? You know, he just kind of come and go. Uh, but Anton was a two-time national champ. I was a three-time national champ. But again, man, he was one I looked up to. And now he runs Voyager Cold Brew down in Virginia Beach. Um, he's a, I won't call you retired Navy SEAL, but he was a, he's a Navy SEAL. But he's so much more than that, man. And uh, Anton, I'm so happy to have you on the platform, bro. Thanks, Mike. And, you know, good to be back in the seat talking and having an, another conversation with you on your uh, other podcast. Definitely had a lot of fun on the first one. Um, had had a lot of uh, attention from that. Uh, good attention, you know. I don't normally like attention, but it was kind of cool to kind of sit back and just just chat with you, buddy. So uh, happy to be back. Happy to be here, and uh, thank you so much, Mike. You know, I like to say a rising tide lifts all boats, man, and that's what we're doing. Even in our ventures, to be able to transition out of the military and then become entrepreneurs and go through the, the, the initial launch phase and share lessons learned. And so, you know, you launched Cold, uh, Voyager Cold Brew. Uh, give us an update of when you started the company and where you're at currently with it. Sounds good. 
I started Voyager Cold Brew Coffee in March of last year, so March 2021. The actual idea was in 2018, but when I officially launched and got all my business licenses, it was last year. And we started without a brick and mortar because I wanted to make sure that this idea would catch on and do well. And I didn't take out any loans to do it, complete bootstrap, and uh, you know, just did, did it with, with my wife, Katie, who um, really helped me along the way. Um, we started out at farmer's markets, farmer's markets, pop-up events, and it really started to catch on. So I started looking at creative ways to open a coffee shop instead of going out, getting a big loan and trying to start my own brick and mortar from scratch. One of the most creative ways to do it is just partner with uh, someone who has a space and who wants to sublease. With my product, Cold Brew Coffee, it is very translatable with beer because one, I need a lot of storage space for for the cold for the cold coffee and two some of the beer tanks can also make cold brew coffee right it needs to sit in a big tank with water uh be chilled and just soak basically extract the coffee last summer i started targeting a few breweries many of them said no and one of them finally said yes, and it's uh, Elation Brewing in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, they were excited. They've got a big space, big brewery, and um, basically we put together the plan on how I am going to set up a coffee shop in their building. What was pretty cool is Elation Brewing um, subleases or sorry leases a, a huge commercial building and that building has three addresses so the main address belongs to the brewery um, the other address belongs to a mortgage and real estate office and I'm right in the middle it used to be a storage room for the brewery and I flipped it had hired a contractor we put in plumbing electrical drains water here uh, it was a blank canvas pretty much and I flipped it, turned it into a coffee shop, and it it's basically what we all see today. It took me about two and a half months to flip it. Uh, we flipped it last uh, October, finished it in November, and then um, I started putting together all the equipment in there. Finally got it up and running middle of February, and we just went straight into the grand opening after we we're able to install all the equipment. So it's, um, I'm still, still on the bootstrap cycle. I have not still not taken out any loans. I have had some investors approach me to invest in the company. And before I take anyone's money, I want to make sure I know what to do with it. So, um, we are almost at our one month anniversary. We, our grand opening was February 26th. And um, it's doing, it's going pretty well. I hired a new barista today. We have five total on the team, six if you include me. Um, I have a social media manager. I have an assistant manager 
who runs helps me run the coffee shop, and then basically four baristas. Mostly two of them are college students. Three, I'm sorry, three of them are college students. Um, take that back. All four are college students. One is kind of in limbo. He wants to. He took a break, and he's going to go back to to college. So basically, four college students, and it's perfect for them because. Um, you know, they've got flexible hours, uh, they make a decent amount of money and they're learning something new. So uh, that is pretty much where we're at with the, the coffee shop. Super dope, bro, man. I'm really proud of you. And, uh, Anton called me in like 2019, right? I want to say it was like 2019 when you first start having this idea right. for doing a cold brew. And I told you that I definitely think the Hawaiian aspect would be a good differentiator. And uh, yep. you took it and ran with it and uh, end up launching the company. And we got to give a shout out to my boy, Drew O'Brien, because when I looked at your branding, right. And I'm all about bootstrap hustling, getting the product out the door, but I am, I do like that aesthetic look at a certain point. And I just remember looking at it and being like, Oh, you need to talk to Drew. And Drew was on the podcast about uh, creating that visual brand identity that drives revenue. And uh, you actually worked with Drew. You end up doing a rebrand, and from what you've told me, people really think it's uh, it's pretty cool. Correct. So I um, I had my first branding. I paid a local guy who was referred to me from one of my coffee roasters, and I paid him about five hundred bucks to create my first logo. I loved it. It was good. It's, it it was what I was asking for. And then you know, I love having other people look at my brand or look at my company and give me opinions. And Mike Stedman was one of the very first persons I asked, "Hey, look, look at look at my website, look at things, give me your opinion." And Mike said, "Talk to Drew, see what he can do about a, a rebrand." So we did. My wife and I sat down with Drew, did a really uh, quick consult over Zoom. We shared what our vision was for the company, why we like it. What, you know what the uh, the mission statement of the company is, and and I sent him some cold brew to Jersey where he's from. Sent him cold brew. He tried all of our brands, and in about a couple of weeks, he came out with a few concepts. Loved them. Um, it was really really cool to see how he shaped our vision onto four separate different uh, concepts. And from those four, we narrowed them down to two. And then from those two, we combine them to make what people see today, our branding. And it's perfect. Um, you know, it, it came at a cost. It, it was it was pretty, pretty expensive. But when you look at the grand scheme of things, that that investment is going to pay off, you know, tenfold in, in the long run. And it, pro it probably already has paid off. But as soon as we did the facelift for the branding, um, I was able to put it on shirts put it on mugs, put it in front of our store, uh, put it on the cans that we make, the nitro cold brew coffee cans that we make. And, you know, it's going to pretty much go on all these, all these things, our coffee menu and all that stuff. And it, it looks good. I, I get nothing but really, really good feedback. People love it. So, it, you know, if there's one bit of good advice, number one is talk to somebody and ask them for their opinion on your company, an outsider, someone who doesn't know the company very well. And two, um, sometimes just take the leap of faith and go for it. And it was a big leap of faith for us to rebrand. I was so, I love that old label, but as soon as we rebranded re and got great feedback, um, 
it's been going really well. And I'll finish with this. The, the guy who created my first label reached out and he said, dude, that new label is really sick. I love that you guys did that. That is so awesome. Um, he said, if you guys ever need anything from me, please reach out. So that was cool. I was like, wow. You know, even though we stopped using his logo, he reached out and said, dude, this new one is sick. So yeah, thought that was awesome. I had no idea that you actually love the other logo. Right. And I think that goes back to probably why you and I are really good at boxing is because we're coachable. You know what I mean? And the thing was, I just told you, I was like, Hey man, you should talk to this guy. I think you should do a rebrand on your logo. So even if you were having all this internal stuff about it, I had no idea. He just did it. But one of the things I will tell you I'm learning is, as I get in more into this CBG space, uh, work with clients and everything, branding for consumer packaged goods is super important, right? Particularly from an aesthetic point of view, because <laughs> like there's so many similar products, right? Especially when you start thinking about coffee. Now, good on you for identifying cold brew as a niche you can lean into. But just in general, it's like, hey, man, I got all these different options in front of me, right? What makes me go to one over the other? And it's going to come down to brand, how you're talking about it, and then also the visual aesthetics of it. So I already knew, right? Like, I just think CPG companies, it's got to look nice to the eyes. And you can tell when someone just kind of scrapped something together. And don't get me wrong, it looks good. But there are people like Drew that can look at something and they can see how does this flow, right? How does this look on a coffee mug? How does this look on a... Like, I've literally been wearing the Ironbound Boxing brand like, you know, yo, Drew made it for me. I ain't look back. Everything is ironbound now, you know, but that's what you want to have. And like, that's how I am as a brand guy. I look at things and say, okay, can we use this asset in multiple places instead of just like on, you know, one can or one, you know, one something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I like that. So in terms of marketing and branding for you, all right. One, how did you identify that cold brew was a good market? How did you know that, like, because I look at a lot of veterans, right? And I freaking see, like, we're always popping up with coffee brands. Hell, Mm -hmm. I advise one. It's super dope. But we've differentiated ourselves. You know, dope coffee. So what made you say, okay, veterans do coffee, but I'm about to do cold brew? Good question. Let me start with this. I discovered cold brew around 2009. It was in Japan. And I pulled it from a vending machine that I saw on the streets. And I said, what is this coffee in a can? You don't see this very often and it's cold. And it was extremely good. I ended up going home with a case or two of it. And I started doing my research then. What is cold brew? How do they make it? Why is it so good? You know, um, what are, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, uh, that that kind of started my love of cold brew coffee and I'm Hawaiian born and raised native Hawaiian. And what, what is the only, what, you know, Hawaii is the only state that grows commercially grows coffee. So we have some of the best coffee in the world. And um, I started experimenting at home with how to make cold brew coffee. In 2015, I was now living in San Diego. Um, one of my um, one of my supply officers officers at SEAL Team Seven um, started a cold brew coffee company in um, in San Diego. Trident Coffee, uh, great brand, great coffee, and um, they're doing extremely well today. 
well, I saw how they did it, you know, and um, I got super interested. I'm like, man, I always wanted to start a cold brew coffee company. Uh, but, you know, busy work, you know, um, lifestyle as an ACL, you're, you're, you're always gone. I couldn't, I couldn't really do it. When I moved to the East Coast, um, Virginia Beach in 2018, the first thing I did, well, one of the first things I did was look for good cold brew coffee. Because in San Diego, every coffee shop had cold brew. And every every coffee roaster had cold brew. Well, on the East Coast, there was not much. There was many stores or many cafes who tried to do it, just didn't do it right. It didn't, didn't taste well. So um, I just set out from there to eventually create my own. Um, so that was 2018. I started just pitching the idea to buddies like, hey, you know, we should really think about starting a coffee company, a cold brew coffee company in a few years, you know. And like Mike said earlier, when I pitched him this idea as well, he said, dude, Hawaiian coffee, that's the best way to differentiate yourself. And I still tell people that same story today. Um, what's going to make me different than the next coffee shop at the, at the other corner? Well, it's good cold brew coffee. And it's good Hawaiian coffee. I get all the coffee from Hawaii. It is grown, roasted, and shipped to me once a week. And I get anywhere from uh, 50 to 200 pounds of fresh Hawaiian coffee every week. So it, that came at a huge cost. That was a tough one to, to implement into the plan of a cold brew coffee company was that expensive coffee. Because even with uh, a business-to-business wholesale account, the coffee is still extremely expensive. But I wasn't willing to, um, you know, I guess skimp or sacrifice on that brand, that cost, and, you know, that feature of a, uh, of a cold brew company um, to make to, – to create something. So I love cold brew and I wanted to showcase the Hawaiian aspect of me and into this company. And that's why we created Voyager Cold Brew Coffee using uh, 100% Hawaiian grown coffee. I think the next play for you too is start getting some more content on Hawaii. It could even be user generated content. So having your people on the ground there, you know, start to send you videos and everything else under the sun and really using your brand as a platform to tell positive stories of Hawaii, you know, mm -hmm. like growing up. I mean, I still like literally y'all, I'm not lying. One of the happiest days of my life was with Anton. And I probably said this on my other podcast we were at rum fire with all his friends, which is like the Hilton in Hawaii. And we we're just drinking cocktails and the sun was going down and we're looking at the beach. It was just pure bliss. Right. There are certain times in my life, those memories you remember, that was one of it. And, you know, for me as a guy on the state side, right, like everybody knows about Hawaii as like a destination front. But in terms of the culture, you know, um, what other food and stuff you guys eat and what does it mean to be Hawaiian American and all that other stuff? I think uh, Voyager could be a platform to tell those stories. So a lot of times we start talking about branding. Right. Uh, people misassociate it with, you know, oh, I got to do. Um, I don't know, just posting this on social, right? Versus looking at their brand and saying, okay, who who does this represent? And how can we tell the story of our brand through other people? 
And a lot of times you 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 put the brand in the backseat. So again, Voyager doesn't have to be up front and center. It's just that Voyager is the platform that shares these stories, right? Now, the other thing that I think is interesting about you is you've differentiated, you've differentiated the coffee around Hawaiian, Hawaiian cold brew, okay? Mm-hmm. But when I think about a lot of your users too, the ones who drink it, the ones that love it, that come uh, to your... Uh, uh, to your store, not store, but you know, what is it called? Coffee shop. shop. <laughs> come to your coffee shop. It's a lot of military. It's a lot of spec ops guys, you know, a lot of people within your own network. So obviously that's a little bit different because they're a little bit squirrely, you know, they're off the grid. Don't really <laughs> like to be front and center on branding and stuff like that. But how can you also tell that story of in a way that's different from like the black rifles of the world and all these different other brands. So part of it is like, we got to figure out that story around Voyager, right? And then think about how can we create assets um, and marketing copy and branded content that emphasizes the story that we want? Like, what is our why at Voyager? Yeah. So I will say this. Um, I have currently four Hawaiian nitro coffees on tap at, at the store, at the, at the shop, at the coffee shop. Right. Um, and I was shooting back some ideas with my two other buddies who kind of helped me with this, with the, this idea, Alfonso made us and Steve made us both Naval Academy grads, by the way. But anyways, we're like, what are, what are going to, what names should we give these cold brews? What names should we give that we can connect with, people, the community, you know, not, not just the military. Um, so we started thinking about our favorite hikes in Hawaii and hikes that other people have done. So for instance, um, Cocoa Head is one of my nitro cold brew coffee um, on draft. Stairway to Heaven is another one. And then, or, or experiences that people, tourists or, or you know, locals will, will do in Hawaii. So the other one is Road to Hana, right? Because people, you go to Maui, everyone's like, did you do the Road to Hana? Um, you know, or, or or whatnot. And then our fourth one is Kona. Kona is kind of, it's kind of written in itself. Like you just say the word Kona, everyone knows exactly where it's at. What, what it's famous for, right? Coffee, Kona coffee. So I'm sitting in the shop and... Um, you know, I, I have my baristas kind of kind of work and figure things out, and I'm just there to to help. Or I call myself the errand boy. Basically, if 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 they run out of something, I go and get it, and we figure something out. Like, all right, well, this is a lesson learned. Anyways, sitting in the shop, and people will look at the menu and they'll go, "Oh man, Cocoa Head! I remember hiking that trail." Or they'll say, "Oh, Stairway to Heaven! Man, that was a fun hike." Or Road to Hana. Oh, I can't. Oh man, that was so long ago, but I, I remember the road to Hana. So people are connecting back to Hawaii just through the name of my cold brews that I have on tap. And I, you know, I plan to come up with more uh, different types of Hawaiian cold brew and um, obviously more names um, that will help my, my customers connect their experience or their time in Hawaii whether they're from there or not, or just visited. And um, we're branching off just a little bit. Uh, I haven't shared this with anybody yet, but um, we are introducing 
some different origins of coffee, but sticking with the Pacific Island theme. So you're uh, exploring coffee beans from Papua New Guinea right now. But um, yeah, that's uh, I just wanted to share that. Love it. And no, that's great. That's what I was going to say is the experience. So like with CPG brands, it's like, and granted, you still have the, you know, you got the coffee shop, but you're still sending coffee to people around, right? You're still mailing it off. And so it really needs to be tied to that experience, right? What is the experience you want people to think about whenever they are um, tasting or drinking your product? You know, so like you say, connecting it. Hey, I go for a hike. Boom. Before I get up in the morning, maybe I need to sip some cold brew. Not a lot, though, because I don't want to get dehydrated or I, I finished the hike and I sipped the cold brew. You know, start thinking about like what are the times that people are drinking this stuff like throughout the day and try to share that and build, you know, build content. Um, build content around that. There's a reason why Yeti coolers, all their videos are the guys throwing stuff on the grill. You know, it's like that experience. It's like, hey, I'm going, I'm going grilling outdoors, bring a Yeti. You know, you're going yeah. hiking, fill the cooler up, all that kind of stuff. Uh, not hiking, but uh, the mug, the Yeti mug, whatever. So that's mm-hmm. something to think about. Now, you've got the in-person, right? What is your, e- are you doing e-commerce or are people just message you directly? So that slowed down a lot actually we had um, a website with squares and um when when we rebranded with drew drew also created us or helped us create a shopify uh, website i'm still working on that i'm still trying to put it together i just got a ton on my plate especially because i run two other businesses uh, in real estate but anyways we do have an e-commerce platform, um, and but right now that kind of is uh, dead in the water, DIW. But it's coming back up um, because um, even through e-commerce, like I can get phone orders for people who want, for instance, Uber Eats or a DoorDash order. Yeah, I, can you deliver? You know, to chocolate lattes, a case of cold brew, and two draft nitro cold brews, which we've gotten a few of those orders. They just call the phone number on the website, which is right now my cell phone number. And I'll, I'll answer almost every phone call. I hate. Um, but that's why you know. you're successful, because people think that they're going to drive these businesses by just hiding behind social media, you know, and creating an Instagram account and thinking stuff is magically going to happen. And it just doesn't work like that. You got to be a little scrappy. And I think you're doing it right on focusing on the brick and mortar location, because for a lot of even e-commerce brands, it's like, how do I get out there? How do I build brand awareness? The best way to build brand awareness is people sampling your product, tasting your product, paying for it. And you're able to accomplish both through the brick and mortar location. And so for you, I would start thinking about two of like, yo, are y'all capturing emails? Everybody that comes in, they need to get a QR code. They need to sign up for your newsletter. We have their emails down and we start to kind of build out um, this database. And then uh, we reverse engineer. How does the, the e-commerce play? If the Because I've, I've been thinking about this, Anton. I want you to tell me your thoughts, right? Main effort, support and effort, just like the military, right? So like, what is your main effort thing? And when people try to split it up, they're like, oh, the main effort is the coffee shop. Oh, the main effort is the website. No, what is your main effort and what's the support effort? So if the main effort is the coffee shop, we drive traffic to the coffee shop. That's where everyone understands. And so even your social media team, 
They're meant to drive more traffic to the coffee shop. And then from there, online is a way for when people can't come to the coffee shop or they're deployed or people are not in our location, then they can order, you know, uh, Voyager online, you know, and people get it wrong because you start splitting, you start splitting it up. No, focus on the main efforts, assign the support efforts and make sure everyone on the team understands what we're counting on to drive revenue. Yeah. Makes sense. Like that. So what do you think my main effort would be? What, what could it, what could it be? Um, my thoughts. I mean, yeah, like you said, probably the brick and mortar, right? It's brick and mortar, man. It like sometimes too, right? Like we try to oversimplify it or think too much, right? What is driving the most revenue right now? You know, and it's, your, it's the brick and mortar, you know, yeah, that yeah. doesn't mean that you can't start implementing that e-commerce, but the goal would be for the e-commerce to get it up to a point where it either replaces the brick and mortar, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think there is something about, and I was listening to another audio book about this. At a certain point, even brands that get to like 200 million, they need to have an in-person experience, mm-hmm. you know, because people want to come in. That's why you see the Warby Parkers of the world. Um, even the Allbirds start to open up short stores because there is something about going in and having this physical experience. But with you guys, right, I just think that that's probably going to be a centralized location. And even you start thinking about just military people coming and going, people are always coming out of that area, you know? So what we want them to do is come out of that area and take Voyager with them, you know? (laughs) Shit, maybe put that on something. Take us with you, right? So that it's like always around. So brick and mortar, we get up to a certain revenue point um, and we gradually start to introduce the e-commerce, but you got to tie it in and make sure it all makes sense. Now, as someone that's hired social media managers, are your social media managers, do they have an understanding of the brand? Because what I see a lot of times people make the mistake of, they're like, oh, we're going to hire someone to run our social media, but they don't know who our perfect customer is. They don't know what our core values are, who we are, what we stand for, how we're differentiated, or are they just on there posting randomly? That's a good, that's a good question. So, um, we haven't had that long of a conversation, but anyone I hire for the coffee shop, I tell them my story. Why did I create Voyager Cold Brew Coffee? What makes us different? And, you know, where do I see the company going? So everyone I introduce to the company and want to hire, I tell them my story. And it is exactly what you said. Do, do they understand the brand? Can they find the perfect customer? And, you know, it it might take people a few times to figure it out. That's perfectly fine. There isn't a black and white answer for everything. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes it takes you a few repetitions to get it right. Um, but, um, yeah, no, she's she's been doing really, really well. We're super happy and excited. And we're always dialing it in, always tweaking in, uh, you know, tweaking the process for building the brand, building, building Voyager. So and thing, pretty well. one thing I've been doing here with Ironbound Media is getting everything down on paper. You know, I get, cause again, it's the next level of us as like entrepreneurs to where it's like, how can we make these things work without us? You know? Mm-hmm. And so how do we, like, even how I think with my dog whistle branding framework, you know, how I do interviews, how I do everything. I create assets around it. And it just took me, I mean, what have I been in this game for a minute now, but I'm just now getting to this point 
because now I see what it is, is like when somebody has an amazing experience with me and I sit down with them and help them on their branding, but I also need the team to understand how I think. And the easiest way to get them to understand that is to get it down on paper. So getting out of our heads, getting on some kind of assets, and then having that as a referral thing, people can go back to constantly, constantly. And I just think, and this is for everyone that's listening, man, there's something to be said about constantly communicating our why or our and our how, even if it's just a freaking tweet to your team or something. Mm-hmm. But they don't know what we're thinking, you know? And so if you can build a cadence of a rhythm, you know, um, to get them up to speed, and the goal is that once they start getting in your head and then they start thinking like you and that's the next level. But it takes you got to pour. You know what I mean? You got to pour into it. It just doesn't happen overnight. I agree. So what's the biggest challenge you're facing now from a branding and marketing perspective? Growing. Um, so, like I said, complete bootstrap, doing no loans to, to, to try and start start or you know keep it running so the company basically is starting to pay for itself i use very little of my own capital now um it's unrealistic to think i'm going to grow this giant successful business without any loans i know that but i think when the time's right we'll cross that bridge when we need to but that's probably been one of the biggest challenge is uh trying to just keep growing organically um, but, you know, I'm waiting for that um, that time to cross that bridge. Um, right now, my focus is nurturing what we have and hiring good people. One of the biggest lessons learned I got from one of my entrepreneur buddies, um, he said, hire good people. Don't look to get big machines, big things, you know, the nicest, shiniest uh canning machine or the nicest shiniest um cold brew tank that's going to cost me tens of thousands of dollars he said focus on good people and you know focus on the brand the the company the why and build out from there because i because right now i i either co-pack some of my stuff or i um i rent space from the brewery when they are not using a a beer tank and I make coffee in it. Um, and when the beer brewery has a canning run to can all their beers, I just jump in the back of the line and I can my coffee. So just getting creative, right? Um, it would cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars to go out and get all the equipment for myself. And that was my original plan. But after talking to my buddy who started his corporate company, he said, don't do that. Yeah. And I did. It was a lesson learned that I wish I didn't do. Is that you can get more creative, finding ways to do it, and not have a lot of costs. Um, focus on the brand and hire good people to help you. I would definitely talk to my co-host Bill Watkins mm-hmm. from the Lions Pride about before you decide to take on any outside capital. Right, talk to him because this is like, you know, he's really good at that stuff. Uh, understanding, you know, what it means what the expectation is going to be for you. I don't want to say any names for people, but you know, it's like, it's hard for a lot of times when small businesses go on and they raise that capital, that outside capital and yeah. you get into bed with people that, you know, now it's almost like you got another co-founder or something. And we see how those yeah. relationships go. So just something to think about those resources are there. I think, and this is me thinking out loud too. I think there might be an opportunity for you to grow revenue wise 
with some kind of subscription model, either mm. uh, B2C. So like people that come in on a consistent basis, see if they'd be interested in a subscription or mm. even a, a subscription model with companies. So, you know, if you could outfit a location, like a B2B relationship, you know, and they pay you a fee of X dollars a month to have a constant supply of Voyager cold brew, that could be yeah. another way to get that so uh, revenue. We do that. We have actually a few kegerators set up around town because uh, that's another beauty of cold brew coffee. It has a longer shelf life. So I can put it in a keg, which similar to a beer keg, um, put it on nitrogen and you can have nitrogen or nitro cold brew coffee in your office. So um, we just, we're, we're about to put in a new account at the Norfolk Yacht Club. Um, right now we're looking for a large account. So probably um, the zoo or the aquarium here. Once we get some of those bigger accounts, um, you know, the, and like you said, put, put them on a contract and a subscription service, um, it'll, it'll blow up. But we started small. We had um, a cold brew kegerator in a CrossFit gym. It's still there, our, our first and original account. And, um, you know, they're on a subscription basis. They order coffee kegs when they need it. Um, we're in a couple of real estate offices right now. Um, a, another corporate office, about to be in a, the Norfolk Yacht Club, about to be in a couple yoga studios soon. So all that B, B2B business to business accounts are slowly springing up. Um, and like you said, it's, an, it's just another another way of, uh, of revenue, a supporting effort. Supporting effort. Those are. You uh, having fun? I'm in food trucks. Um, yeah. I sell my cans to food trucks. I sell my cans to cafes, other coffee shops that want my, co my coffee because it's super unique. Like no one, no one is doing nitro cold brew coffee in cans in Virginia Beach. Nobody else. So I'm the only person doing it. That's great, man. Super proud of you, man. And me and you got to jump on a strategy session so we can start thinking through like the next three moves, you know, and getting it down on paper. 100%. Um, but that's dope, man. I mean, you're getting after it. And y'all, you know why Antone's successful? He's talking to people. I already know it. He's a real estate guy. You know, real yeah. estate guys got to get out there and talk to people, man. You've got to yeah. talk to people. I can tell when people aren't talking to customers, right? Like you can just tell some about them, right? They're not as confident. And yeah. they're not as confident because they're not, they're not speaking to people. They're basing everything also off of assumptions versus like the actual feedback and stuff that they're getting, man. So kudos to you for that, man. I'm going to make sure I follow up so we can, you know, jump on the calendar, do an hour and uh, start thinking about those next steps. So as we wrap up here, is there any advice you'd like to leave with our audience on marketing, branding, or just fucking going to market, period, in terms of launching, going from zero to hero as they continue to develop and refine their own brands? Find out what they want to do and why they want to do it. So just going back to my story, right? I wanted good cold for coffee on the East Coast. Um, and why I wanted it um, was because there was there was none around here. And um, I wanted to create something. So um, figure out your what and your why. Go back to it if you ever get lost. Like, what am I doing? Well, why, why was I doing it to, to begin with? 
because um, I, I got to tell you, you know, a few times in Voyager, I'm like, am I doing the right thing? Is this, is this going anywhere? Um, and then get creative. And like, like Mike said, talk to people, talk to a lot of people. I talked to Mike, Mike could care less about coffee, but he knows a lot about starting a business. Um, you know, and he pointed to me to a lot of good resources where I could find the answer that I was looking for. So, um, I'm less than a month in the shop and I know my customers' names already. People are showing up and I'm like, Caroline, do you want the same vanilla, large vanilla latte that you had last time? I know her nine month old baby's name, you know, Wade. So you get to, you got, you just got to keep talking to people. Um, and you know, not, not, not everybody is super extroverted and it's okay. There's other ways to, to communicate, you know, email, text, um, but you got to get out there. You got to talk. You have to figure out your why. And if you ever get lost, go back to your, your why. Your why is your, your North star, your compass. Why, where are you going on this journey? You have to know why you're doing it. It's great advice, man. So Anton, where can people follow you? How can we support uh, Voyager Cold Brew. Well, our shop is located at 5106 Collie Avenue in Norfolk. We are right next to Elation Brewing Company. They've been in business for the past three years, and they're they're a focal point um, in the North Collie slash Larchmont community. And, um, you know, we've got all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook. We now have a TikTok. I've personally never seen it. Um, when I hired my social media manager, she created it because she's good at that kind of stuff and I am not. So I, I gave her the reins. I said, here's your email account. Here's everything you need. Um, here's a premium Canva account. Like go at it, get creative, do, do your thing. Um, so follow, follow us on social media. Um, come by the shop. Um, look, look up, look at our website. I know it needs a lot of construction, but it'll be, it'll be up and running and, and uh, ready for everybody soon, but um, you know, support small businesses, support uh, other entrepreneurs. Anyone ever wants to, you know, have a private chat with me, hit me up on LinkedIn and Tone Aku, uh, or just message one of the Voyager social media accounts. I'll, I'll eventually see it. So, um, but yeah, happy to help. Happy to you know have this conversation with Iron Mike Stedman, and I uh, appreciate your time. I'm thinking of experiences. I'm literally about to head to the Ironbound Boxing Academy and I'm about to get some cold brew before I leave. Just because you keep, we've been talking about it. I'm like, man, I'm about to get a medium cold brew uh, on my way out. But seriously, y'all, check out Voyager Cold Brew on all the social channels. Follow Anton. He's a great dude. This is my guy. I mean, we go back. People say like, that's a, that's what's nice about having real relationships with people because I feel like it's a sense of like, man, when you've known someone 15 years, why am I trying to screw you over business-wise? You know, it's like, why would you try to, uh, you know, ruin someone's life over some nonsense and stuff? And so that's why it's important to find a tribe and uh, work with people that you you trust. Um, make sure y'all are uh, subscribed to the Dog Whistle Brandon newsletter. I've been leveling up the newsletter, y'all. I wrote one this past week on Liquid Death. Um, if you haven't been following Liquid Death, that is a master class on how to position a product in a crowded market space. I'm talking about water, y'all. They literally sell water. But last I checked, they're valued at over half a uh, half a billion dollars, right? Oh, so um, sign up for the newsletter. You can read that. We got one coming out on Uber here soon. 
So pushing a lot of content y'all's way, not trying to waste your time, just trying to help you build badass dog whistle brands. So until next time, everyone have a great rest of your week. Dog Whistle Branding is brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media, where we help veteran business leaders create, distribute, and grow branded podcast series in order to engage with their ideal audience. We believe that audio is the future of publishing, and we're committed to leading the movement for the veteran entrepreneurial community. You can learn more by visiting our website, ironboundmedia.com. This series is also powered by the Lions Pride, a professional training and coaching company for badass founders that serves mission-driven, high-performing small business owners with at-the-ready resources, battle-tested tools, and full-service support. We're proud to support veterans and other badass business owners at every stage of growth. You can learn more and get more at thelionspride.com. Lions Pride.com.